So, what's it called again? Erinsborough. What do I need to know about it? There's a hotel, a couple pubs, school. So it's just like everywhere else? Pretty much, but you know what, it's home and it's great people there. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll It's time to neighbours CJ, Kate and Bea. Let's get the Neighbours. Hello, this is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast. And we talk to you about the episodes we've just watched of the Aussie soap, Neighbours, set on Melbourne's Ramsey Street. We are here in the Pirate Net Studios, also in Melbourne. I'm Vaya. I'm a TV writer that cannot suspend disbelief. Kate is here. I am. Barely. I've been sick since the last podcast, but I'm still here. My voice is back, husky as ever. But she does not like to miss a pod. Kate's also a nightly neighbours tweeter at Remude. And CJ the Hot Mess Mum is here. Hello. And you are so on brand. You've come in with an armful of Tupperware. Yeah. That you've purchased from friend of the show. Yes, Renee, who is Baby Hugo's mother, who's been on our podcast. Everyone's met her before. So she sells Tupperware amongst many other special things she does. And I just love myself some Tupperware. So I... <laughs> I do love your new water bottle. I, I think I might have to get one myself. Renee is uber underscore QT on Instagram. If, you wanna, if you're local and you want to hit her up for some wares. Yep. Tupperware or Arbon. But guess who else? Who else did you meet today, CJ? I met John, Iconic John, so at Iconic John, which is Baby Hugo. On Instagram. Yep. He came to my house and played with my son's toys. <laughs> did, did he like drop in on the way to the airport? Like, because last we saw him oh, on the yeah. show, he was he was yeah. in the car. Yep. Well, I live near the airport, so exactly. it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Actually, when they came in, I said, I'm just watching Neighbours, but John's on holidays. <laughs> Don't want to make you talk about work. Yeah. But um, Renee brought him around in an awesome T-shirt, which I don't know if he, she's uh, shared online, but it has a photo of baby Hugo in the iconic, look, there's a baby scene. Oh, wow. And then it says, in the neighbour's font, I'm kind of a big deal. That is cute. That's incredible. Did, was is. that a gift or did they Yes, get... it was a gift. Oh. Someone, someone gave it to her, um, Hugo, well, Hugo John for his birthday. Perfect. Yeah. Excellent branding. We have a big episode to discuss in the Neighbours timeline that's coming up. Firstly, though, I'll remember to do it at the right time of the episode this week. Neighbours cancel business. The business, again. Firstly, you can listen to me on another podcast called On The Terrace. To understand what I'm talking about, you should listen to a different audio drama, Night Terrace. It stars Jackie Woodburn in pretty much the only other role she's in in the last couple of years. In this audio drama, she plays a time-travelling Doctor Who-esque lass. And in the episode we just analysed, A Verb of Nouns, she plays two characters. She plays Anastasia and she plays an evil queen. You have not lived until you've heard Susan Kennedy chowing down on live hamsters. So, Whoa. Hot tip, bbc.co.uk or nightterrace.com for all the info on how to consume all of that bizzo. We have some reviews of this podcast oh, yeah. that have landed. We kind of went up in the charts a bit from the last episode, Vale, which was a bit <gasps> exciting. We um, we hit number 68 in the Australian TV and film. Australian, guys. Yeah. Australian. Yeah. Number 68 in the Australian TV and film rankings. Yeah. And we actually did pretty well in the Great Britain rankings as well. Just thrilled to see our, our name <laughs> up in that app, wherever it wants to land. <laughs> yeah. I think it was all it was all tea though, really. 
T Butler, what a wonderful guest. And T mentioned to me that they had had such a lovely response from our audience that our listeners were so kind to them and sent really nice messages. And it just makes me proud of this community because we're good people. We're good peeps. We don't have like a feral yucky one in a lot of them. And if if you are there and you're listening, it's nice you don't talk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) You won. CJ, can you read this review from Saw 686? The review is entitled Like Having a Chat with Friends which makes my heart sing, by the way. Um, Stumbling onto this podcast earlier this year was like discovering long-lost friends. It's refreshing to hear the kinds of conversations I have with family about neighbours on the podcast. We're not alone. I look forward to each episode. Thanks, team. Oh, thank you, Saw686. I'm just trying to imagine those family dinners, like just really breaking down the eps. Yeah, (laughs) and and that like everyone's involved. To have a family dinner like that, I need to come to the pirate net studios <laughs> so you know, well done well my husband and i were discussing the bachelor over dinner last uh-huh. night and trying to work out why he d- does the things he does and intellectual conversation it's, in our house it's, it's usually the mini bachelor that's acting on his behalf i imagine uh, exactly that that's was the conclusion <laughs> oh. kate can you read this one from dan rickman i've been watching neighbors since i was a baby and my mum used to time my feeds to episodes been there done that Dan um 33 years later and I'm still hooked Neighbours is one of those shows that if you ever try and explain what's going on to partners friends random passers-by it just sounds ludicrous listening to this pod is like being part of the conversation with friends who say everything you are thinking about each episode and brightens up my Monday morning commute to work every week can't wait for the girls to make a trip to the UK oh that would be exciting I mean, Bay has been, but... But it's not the same unless the whole squad's there. I, I like the idea. I can't wait, like, like it's planned. <laughs> yeah, it's in, like, it's, like it's on the calendar. Is that, is that going to be our, our next tier of Patreon things? If we, if we get to, say, a thousand Patreons, bloody hell, we'll be there every year. Without a doubt. I spent all my frequent flyer points going to Perth last week, so... <laughs> <laughs> for your bloody football team. Yeah, I, I went for Toadie and I and... You know, I did not see Tony there. And if you do want to jump onto our Patreon, we are patreon.com slash neighbourspod. And I just put up a post for just the people at Moneybags level, because they can participate in polls, the four UK soaps to vote between for me and Kate to buddy watch next. And you can go up and down at any time if you want to increase or decrease based on your bags situation, your Pierce billionaire situation. Up to you. Now, let's get into some nuptials that have finally transpired. It's a once-in-a-lifetime event. Well, maybe six-in-a-lifetime event. <laughs> some good odds. And I was behind this week. I had some long work days and didn't watch Neighbours at the right time. And I thought, oh, it's a wedding episode. It's a big event. I should rush home. Eh, there'll be another one in a few months. It's funny because um, we're kind of paying attention to more which episode are we going to focus on. And they're dropping some absolute bangers on Tuesdays, aren't they? Tuesday is the new Friday. Yeah. Remember in the 90s, Tuesday's a bitch. So Melrose Place used to be on Tuesday night oh. and it was the highest drama of the week in the 90s. Pizza sales went through the roof on Tuesday nights. Oh. I want to touch on briefly because I didn't give them much exposure in the last episode we covered. The Alessi twins landed last Friday yes. in Queensland. Caroline and Christina. And I could not figure out who was who despite all the characters referring to them by their first names in oh, every dialogue. Yeah, scene. no, I recognise them both. Caroline looks identical to how she used to and she she was always like the, the straight-laced twin, whereas Christina, Paul's wife, was a bit more of the free-spirited one. Your marriage ended decades ago. 
and I'm still paying the price. I don't understand her reasons either. You've never tried to understand. Well, it's a bit hard when months go by before you return my calls. Caroline, you're not the only one who's busy. I have a job too. And it's a great job. I love that you opened a cafe. CJ, could you tell them about? Um, well, only because one was scowling and one was smiling. <laughs> I just um, needed different hairstyles. Yeah, okay. Uh, but they helped. never did have them. And you could always tell them apart back in the day. Like, well, it, uh, yeah. Yeah, but also. They've kept up with their skincare regime and. Yeah. They're, very, very they're, they're big on the maintenance. Yeah. yeah. But they look fantastic. I'd like listen to the, I watched the neighbours video about them and they're like, and they're talking about how, you know, they're women in their 50s. And I'm like, you own that, ladies. They are in their 50s. Yep. Mm. Um, what a world. At one point in the episodes this week. Twin one says to twin, I've forgotten their names, um, says to the other one, you slept with Paul, your affair with Paul. Yeah, yeah, that happened. She seems really taken aback that her twin sister's still annoyed about that. <laughs> and I'm like, really? You slept with my husband, you yeah. slept Yeah. And you're my twin? Also, that the one who slept with Paul, so, so Christina was mm-hmm. accusing Caroline, well, talking to her about her affair with Paul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Caroline and had previously She, she did had, say affair, so it was like a long-term thing, was it? No, but we see what happened was that Caroline was like the to rage figure in the office. To him. Okay. So she was more the executive who worked with Paul while mm-hmm. Paul got married to her ditzy sister. Yeah. But then, yeah, there was a bit of a slow burn. But years in the past, Caroline had also dated uh, Jim, Paul's dad. Whoa! I know. It, see, this this whole multi generational dating thing isn't a new occurrence it's on neighbours. Circle of life. But I'm, I'm also pretty sure that um, Caroline dated Adam Willis. Oh, oh my God. Who Roxy's is? Roxy's dad. Oh. oh. I looked at a video of Christina and Paul's wedding and guess who's the videographer there? Adam Willis again. This is great intel. Thanks, Kate. So it was nice to have a dose of Blakeney twins. I did really only know them from children's television. I got onto YouTube because I was like, oh, what was their song again? And they've got like a, the song all mixed up. But then they've got another song, which is a banger. The film clip is hysterical because it was filmed at what looks like Melbourne Central Station. And then they're, <laughs> they're actually just sexily dancing on like an old Melbourne Metro train. It's a shocker. So we are in Queensland. Kate sleuthed it out, worked out where this location was? Well, first of all, Paul said they were on the Gold Coast because I was like, oh, I wonder where this is because they weren't crediting it at the end of the episodes. And they weren't catching up with Madison Robinson down at Lasseter's Gold Coast yeah. where she's doing her singing residency. And I was looking at that and I was like, that's a pretty swanky resort. It's not your run-of-the-mill, what's what's the main street of the Gold Coast called? Yeah, it's not a broad beach broad situation. Beach yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, that, that's actually somewhere you'd like to visit. Sorry, Logies, but yeah, it's true. Well, we were there for work, so, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> It was um, Sanctuary Cove, which is like well known. Like it was developed in the eighties. Oh, that's beautiful. a place with all the golf. A lot of people I know go there on honeymoons, and one part of the relationship just goes and plays golf. <laughs> yeah, but it's got like the artificial beach there, which we saw mm. that many times, which is beautiful. It was very charming. I love me an artificial beach. The city of Brisbane has one. It's called South Bank. Melbourne South Bank's better, but Brisbane it's less swimmable in I'm, Melbourne. I'm mad for the artificial beach in Brisbane. So I want to point out that it was a it was a bit of a tribute episode. Without I don't know if they knew they were tributing. So in Melrose Place, Amanda Woodward and Dr. Peter, Dr. Peter Burns, I think they're like the Paul and Therese, right? Yep. Right? yep. Um, they were intellectual equivalents. They almost got together a million times, and they went to the Dominican Republic to get 
a quickie divorce from the people they were married to to get married. And when they were walking down the beach all the time, and it was like scenes from those episodes of Mauro's Place. And I think Mauro's Place ended with them like going back there to like live out their best dreams together because they never really ended up together. So at first the wedding's off because Paul has a crisis of confidence. The nail in the coffin is the final parade of ex-girlfriends slash ex-wives turns up in the Alessi twins He's like, I can't do this. I can't ruin your life. I'm out. And Tarage breaks down, tears up that dress that I thought was already ruined. But she re-ruined the dress that Roxy ruined. Imagine that, that the woman who cleaned it. Because I assume it was a woman, the, the woman who cleaned up after Pro Hart with the, yeah. Oh, Miss Willis, what a mess. <laughs> Classic 80s ad. Yes, it would have been an old ethnic lady, 100%. Probably one of Tarage's, one of the Petridi's family friends, I imagine. In the meantime... One of the twins, I, stu- I cannot. To me, they were like two little pixies. Okay. Christina, wife. Caroline, business. Look, I understand conceptually that they're different people, but I couldn't figure out who was talking. Caroline and- was the one who was having none of her sister's bullshit. She's like, you can't do this to Paul. What's And what is wrong with you? Why are you so obsessed with him? Again, I understood that they had different reactions to people, but I just couldn't. Fig- I couldn't. I just couldn't. They actually do, <laughs> as of age now, they do look a lot more different from each other than they did. I just struggled. To me, they were two pixies magicked upon us and having little conversations with each other in and around our main stars. Can I, can I just ask a, a heritage? Um, viewers slash listeners here, did everyone else go, oh, yeah, I remember exactly who they are? Okay. Well, that's rhetorical because <laughs> no, one else, no one else is listening right now. But when you listen to this, comment on the council, say, yes, Kate, of course I knew who the hell they were. I mean, it was as obvious as the difference between Lynn and Rebecca. <laughs> I understood that there was history behind it. It just didn't resonate with me. And it was fine. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. Rebecca was for me. This was for you and for our other friends. Was Lynn for you as well? I don't know who Lynn was for. <laughs> who, who was for me? <laughs> oh, to rage is for you. Yeah. But I, I, would, I would go with Rebecca. I mean, Kate, you know how you always ask someone who's their era? Like the, the fact of it is all of the eras are Kate's. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, will say, I love Gail. Gail's my, yeah. my spirit animal. She's so lovely. Get the hell away from bloody Gazcan yeah. woman. Like don't, don't let that stench of losing them attach itself to you. I was like, yeah, can we just have a Gale intervention here? Of course, of course. Like, what the hell, woman? This guy is, like, trying to date Rebecca as well and your self-esteem is so bad that you're, like, willing to put up with that? Just, no, cut the crap. Tell him to get stuffed. I mean, I didn't get low self-esteem vibes from her. I got the opposite. She's so comfortable in herself that she doesn't care what he does in his spare time because it's all new and they're experimenting and – but I do. I do. When he, when he deigned himself to say, "Oh well, you know, I realised you were better than, than her, or whatever." Uh, really, mate. I think if she's that free and easy, then she should jump back on Tinder and see what else is out there. Oh, Pierce, great, great call. Yeah. <laughs> well, she likes. I mean, she was attracted to Paul, so she likes the wealthy businessman of an indeterminate age. How about that little drive-by from Carl Kennedy when he says, "I'm not a total sleaze," and he says, "Not usually." Yeah. No, that sounds really sleazy. No, I'm not a sleaze. It's just not usually. Sorry. What Carl was saying is, no, no, Gary, you don't normally have the chance. <laughs> and tweet of the week, I thought. Nay tweets. Even on a show where your wife can come back from the dead after 16 years to find out she was an identical twin who has been impersonating her. The most ridiculous storyline is the fact that Gary Canning is beating intelligent, attractive women away with a stick. Yeah. Here, here. 
I reckon I'd go out with Gary. No. <laughs> the saddest bitch. No. In Erinsborough. I always like to fix her up, all right? <laughs> yeah, but you, you want a bit of a foundation there. Someone's completely bulldozed his lot. No. He, he needs some underpinning. Okay. There's not many available men in Erinsborough these days. Oh, but now Leo's gone. Jeez, yeah. yeah. It's, it's slim pickings. I mean, I'm not advocating that Gail dates her ex stepson, but, you know. We need more <laughs> guest but characters like Clive that come in mm. as a viable romantic Sh- option. Surely Pierce has some business people he knows. Convention. We need a convention. Now, the wedding is back on because Tuesday, the 10th of September, the bomb is dropped. Who is behind the orchestration of all the wives coming back in to foil the wedding plans? Kate? Lucinda Robinson. Oh, come on, Dad. I know all about your history with her. It's not exactly a classic love story. Still doesn't give you the right to send along a a string of assassins. It was a test. Better known as Elle, played by Pippa Black... She's back. She's she's made it off SVU, the last place we saw her. Yep. She's back to life. Her hair's looking great. The power bob. Mm. She's polished. She's in New York. She's She's got a great Skype connection. <laughs> yeah, she does. And I really like that they got her back instead of just having, um, you know, a mashup of her previous voice on the other end of the phone. <laughs> they actually got her back. So well done, Neighbours, on that. And they could have actually just copped out and made Leo be behind it on his own. But they had it as the two of them were conspiring. Mm. You know, what's that, what's that saying? He couldn't organise a piss up in a brothel. Mm. Yeah, it's the... Also, she paid him. She was in control yes. of everything. His sister paid him. Mm. So she, her rationale was that she didn't necessarily want to sabotage the wedding, but she wanted to put her dad to the test to see if he really was serious about this commitment. So inappropriate. But just, she would know to rage through business links as well, wouldn't she? Yeah. But they'd be Skyping all the time. You know what WhatsApp group I want to be in? The Robinson Kids. Yes. There was a spoiler this week about the Bachelors or the Bachelor contestants having a WhatsApp group. Mm. Firstly, I want to be in that one. Secondly, yes, I want to be in the Robinson one too. Because Al and Leah don't really know each other, right? Like there's no there's no time they've met. But they're Paul Offspring and that is something they have in common. So I don't know what emojis are in the title of that WhatsApp group. <laughs> dollar um, signs. Dollar signs. And, um, a briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the hotel, like the little. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I want to be in that WhatsApp yeah. group. These are my favourite types of cameos. Even if they can't get the person in the mm. studio, they have them remotely. Paul, I think, is a little bit proud of her because she says, look, Dad, you would do the same thing. This is right out of your playbook. Yeah, as inappropriate as it was, she, she was like, Dad, I am half your genes. Tarage has made the point here that despite other people interfering, he still called it quits. But then he gets down on one knee precariously and reproposes. What knee do you reckon you have to get down on when you've got one peg? I, I thought about that for a long time. <laughs> I will text my husband and ask. Kate's husband's a physio. So Therese, so Paul's like, but I still love you. And then Therese is like, don't you dare. And she walks away. And she's in every right to do that. Don't get me wrong. I actually really enjoyed this. So she walks away and then she just, it occurs to her, but she wants to marry him. And instead of you know, pretending she's chased or whatever and keep on going. She turns around and just in this magnificent moment says, but you better not do this again. She derages him. You listen to me, Paul Robinson. Do you really think it's okay to expect me to say yes after everything you have put me through? If you do anything like that again, you'll regret it. Trage. Her life has been ruined from being married to Drab Willis. She has such low expectations on what to expect in a relationship 
it's sad. I feel for her. Like, drab. His, his legacy of shitfulness lives on. I also don't understand why she couldn't have waited. There was a bit of chat on our Facebook group this week about why this had to happen so quickly. Because I looked at the timeline and in Valentine's Day of this year, she was still boning her now son-in-law, Leo. And wouldn't you? <laughs> and then the year does not go by and now she's married to the father. And I just think, why couldn't we have waited a few more? Couldn't they have just been dating for a while? Why the sudden rush? And people were theorising that someone always has to have ties to the street, to the original Ramsey Robinson families. Now that the kids are gone, there's nothing tying to rage here. So she has to like get hitched to Paul, which I think is a load of baloney. Why can't she just be there because she's fabulous? Um, well, you know why. Because all of the ex-wives were available to appear <laughs> this week. <laughs> and she's like, oh, we're in Queensland. It's nice. But the photos all look nice. Can we finally get rid of the weird family portrait with Drab in her hallway? Oh, I did not notice. That. I noticed it this week and I'm just like, I'm sick of seeing his face. And you think Paul would be like, every time he'd see it, he'd be like, oh, God, no, this guy. I have confidence they're going to stay together. I hope so. I think because it's nice to have a couple of stayers, like a, a yeah. long-term couple, like your Carls and Susans. Mm-hmm. You know. Not without their problems, of course, but I just have confidence that they're either going to – one of them is going to die – or they're, they're going to stay together. No, these guys, they're not going to last more than a year. Oh. Kate Stradamus that. Oh. CJ can't be happy for more than a minute. Oh, that, that won't even last till Christmas. Come on. Like, can you see it? There's got to be some sort of spanner in the works. So she says yes. And then they both realise, oh, but they've screwed up the wedding because Paul's thrown the rings in the swimming pool. <laughs> Not even in a real swimming pool, like in a fountain swimming pool. Yeah, yeah. And also Teresa's ripped up the dress, as Faye mentioned. Neither of them really say why they're running off to – oh, no, Therese mentions it, but Paul's like, oh, shit, the rings. And he runs off and he gets – and he rolls his pants up and he gets in there and the twins are going to arrange everything. Like quite a turnaround from them. Yeah, like we'll be your friends. Yeah. And they get an Elvis impersonator to marry them. Fabulous. How wonderful is that? And he's he's full. He's dropping all the Elvis gags. To the point where I thought they're going to have Apra onto them because they, Although, there were some lyrics dropped. How long has he been dead though? Like, is it out of copyright? Seventy-seven. Now? It's not out of copyright. It's not. <laughs> so, Guys, uh, hang on. I've got the, I've got the intel of my husband. Okay. All right. So I said, would Paul kneel down on his good or bad knee to propose? And he said, prob kneel on his prosthesis. So he can get up using his good leg to push off and control his descent and ascent. Yes. So thank you. See, proper answer. Very thank you. useful. Thanks, thank Phil. You. So they've eloped. And Elvis kind of gives you a Vegas vibe. And Paul is my husband. And Gold Coast is as close as we get to Vegas. Well, in yeah. Australia. Brisbane. Anyway. And I eloped to Vegas. But you didn't have Elvis, did you? No, but it doesn't oh. matter. They were harking back to me. <laughs> also, it's quite it's probably a relief you didn't have Elvis, because I put this question to friend of the podcast, Hunter Smith, who's a registered celebrant, and I said, Excuse me, Hunter, Paul and Terage as Elvis celebrant had them say, uh-huh, instead of I do. Is that legal? And he says, denied. Well, down the track when Paul's marrying number seven, yep. Terage can turn up and she can say, Well, turns out we weren't actually married. You have my blessing. <laughs> Is there a seat? She can do the reverse, Lynn. Is there a seat at the buffet for me? Because I'm in. We did get a voice memo sent to neighbourspod at gmail.com from friend of the podcast, Spicy Ben. Oh, my actual God. I've literally just squealed like a pig watching today's neighbours. I did not see that coming. Well, ever, 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 ever. I 
whoever would have thought that Blum and L Robinson would come back? It's immense. And Neighbours have pulled an absolute bloody blinder. And this is what they should have been doing for years, ever since we've caught up now. So there's no excuse. We should be having little surprises like this all the time. Bloody, it's just on form. On top right now. I have, I'm enjoying every single second of it. Queen Lynn of Scully Arama is back. The Alessi twins, Rebecca, Gail. Oh my God. I can't cope. I mean, I'm half expecting Bloody Melanie to walk in any second now and start laughing. I just can't cope. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, great podcast as always. Over and out. Thank you, Ben. Um, I just love all these UK accents. Please, please. The more accently, accentedly diverse people sending in their messages, I want to hear all your views. Yeah, it makes us sound like a patchwork quilt of personalities. I like it. So let's get to the big moment. They're on the beach. CJ, my question for you is, where's the reception Dior? Yeah, well, there's no reception. That's why she didn't get to wear it. <laughs> Plus, I feel like reception Dior is not really beach wedding attire. I don't think the dress she chose was beach attire. I thought she would be in something more wispy and flowy. It seemed very structured what she was wearing. And this dress was just picked up at like the hotel shop. Yeah. Yeah. I went to a hotel shop in Perth at the, at the casino and there wasn't any dresses like that. <laughs> there was a lot of wispy things. Remember, this is a family sisterhood of the travelling pants style where she can just hand her old wedding dress to her daughter Imogen and it fits like a glove and away you go. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there's some Willis magic going on. Do but, you know what I'm kind of imagining um, Tarage's Dior outfit to be like? Like when Bianca Jagger married Mick Jagger, she was just like iconic. Oh, yes. beautiful. Stunning. Yeah. Every, Stunning. Everybody, everybody Google that because she's just amazing. We'll tweet it out. That is beautiful. Yeah. And I do appreciate that, you know, she's a woman of a certain age. She doesn't have to, you know, frump herself up just because she's getting married again. I appreciate that she's like, I'm going to wear this, you know, say yes to the dress white basic number. That's fine. Do you, you do you, Trage. Um, that being said, whatever those sleeves are called are amazing on her. I love that she got that dress because I remember um, when I got married, somebody said, what's the dress? And I said, um, it has a sweetheart line and a peplum. And neither of those things looked any good on me, but I wanted to wear both of them. <laughs> you did look lovely. Thank you. But they, you know, there would have been dresses that like TV people would have told me to wear. And I also said, I could- no, I'm going to wear exactly what I want, which is what Therese did. I couldn't get the whole view of you because the camera was looking down from above the webcam for yeah, the ceremony. which is where cameras should be. <laughs> what other wedding dress did we see this episode, girls? $1,200 dress. Oh, old mate at the airport. Christy Whelan Brown as Scarlet. Yeah. Ned's new buddy at but the airport lounge. That's like nominative determinism with her name there. That means your name determines the kind of person or, or <laughs> like job a, you're going to take. Like Miss Scarlet and Cluedo. Exactly. She's a Scarlet woman. She's intriguing. Um, so do you guys know things about her that I don't know because of spoilers? Uh, no. No, no, no. We don't really do the spoilers. I only know of Christy Whelan-Brown. She's very good friends with Ben Hall because she was always popping up on his Instagram stories. Oh. She works in my building at the moment because she's on 
Sean McAuliffe's Mad as Hell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she's funny. Yeah, she's very funny. She's a musical theatre star, beautiful singer as well. She's and probably wearing a mask. <laughs> Masked singer's about to start and there's got to be some <gasps> B action. Oh, yeah, you, you heard another hot tip this week, didn't you? Oh, apparently Millsy is in a wolf suit. Ah. Interesting, because we saw the wolf at the Logies, didn't we? But yeah, it, that yeah, would have just been an actor in there. That would have been the runner, the, the production runner. I've got a soft spot for the giant prawn as well. <laughs> I think he's singing Shallow from Star is Born mm, in I the mean, ads. I don't know. Oh, that, that song that you, I'm always like, I don't know that song. And then you're Tell like, the, something, oh, girl. <laughs> so we could have some neighbours contingent representing. God, though. I mean, seriously, they're going to try and flog every vaguely 10 aligned celebrity ever. So this girl, Scarlett, is hanging out in her wedding dress, Jennifer Aniston friend style. Mm-hmm. At Qantas Club. At Qu- well, no, not at Qantas Club, just at a random bar because she's got no money and I imagine she didn't buy a business class. But it, did, it did look like the Virgin Lounge or, yeah, like not that I've ever been in an airline lounge, but. Well, because at those places you don't have to pay. Oh, bar. that's true. Yes, yeah. you don't have to pay at Qantas yeah. Club. Yeah, and she didn't have money so she couldn't buy drinks. At the lounges, you don't have to pay for drinks. Oh, it's free. Yeah. And also, if you if she'd rolled up in her wedding dress, what asshole's going to say no to her at the door? Yeah, just come on in, sit down. And I love how Ned's flying on the corporate account to go see Therese. He was going to go, I don't know what he was going to do. She didn't call Paige, who used to be her assistant. She didn't call um, Where's Lauren. Paige oh, she lives on the GC, doesn't she? Yeah. yeah no, seriously, Paige yeah. would have sorted all this shit out. Or possibly Brisbane. I get confused as to who's in Brizzy. I know the Kennedy yeah, kids are like Brizzy. Brizzy and GC are what, only 45 minutes apart? Yeah. When we were in GC, my friend from Brisbane caught the train to come and see us. Like it's a fair distance, but less than Melbourne. Closer than Geelong to yeah, here, I'm pretty sure. It makes yeah. more sense to go see whoever's in Brisbane than it did for Andrea to pop back to her apartment in Geelong those, all those times. Yeah. So she doesn't call Lauren. She didn't want to go see Matilda, her only grandchild. Darwin's even closer. She would have had lots of friends there. Oh, yeah, the, the Petridis' parents are probably yeah. up there. Yeah. God, I want to meet them one day. I'm desperate. Oh, desperate. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Um, so she calls her ex, ex-stepson that's now her confidant. Oh, well, her roomie. Yeah, her roomie. And also, like, sometimes he kind of acts like he's her personal assistant. I think maybe she was more calling him on assistant duties to yeah. be like, come and cancel everything for me. Yeah, I can't possibly. Underling. Mm, mm. <laughs> but you think it would have been safer bet to call Chloe. Yeah, Chloe's busy. Chloe could have done it all from Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. So Ned gets waylaid, his flight's cancelled, and he, of course, he's the white knight routine. He wants he loves to that, yeah. Yeah, be a shoulder to cry on for this jilted bride whose husband's left her at the altar. Rex. Rex is no good. She was on her way to Dubbo. And <laughs> uh, on, was it Regional Express? Mm. Rex. <laughs> Yeah, different airport, love. Go down the road. This is all bullshit, mate. This is, she just made up his name. This is like the Kaiser Soze from The Usual Suspects. Oh, I love this. She's just making up the story. She goes along. She's just looking up on what's his name, looks at the departures board. Oh, Rex. That'll do. Is this a whole... And, he's, s- and his brother, Qantas. <laughs> <laughs> what? Do you think this is? she's a scammer and she just gets about in a wedding dress that she gets hang secondhand? On, and- hang on, hang on. You haven't got grifter vibes from this woman. She's a total grifter. Uh, okay, I did get grifter vibes when she picks up his phone when he goes to the bar. And, and then... she'd memorised his eight-number code. That's incredible. I got shivers when she did that. She's very smart. I got shivers. and then Maybe she, she counts cards at casinos. <gasps> and so she cancels probably Chloe that's booking him his new flights. She's, like, declining them, so he has to stay longer. And she knocks back a few bevies with him. He's so dim, though. Like, there's <laughs> there's planes every half an hour from between Melbourne and Sydney. 
even if he had to get one out to Avalon, that could have he could have just still Ubered back in the Lassiter's mm. on the Lassiter's dime. She's a vision, Scarlett, and I'm really excited for the two of them to play against each other, particularly because they're friends in real life, so they've got a good dynamic. I just need him to not date children anymore. I loved when – so Ned comes back eventually and he goes home and um, V is straight at the door like any juvenile girlfriend would be. She's like, oh, my God, tell you about my day. And, like, it, there were serious issues that happened in her day, but just the way that she phrased it all was like, and I went to school and this person doesn't like me. And, like, it was it was very all serious. But also I just loved – I think in that moment Ned would have just been like, oh, I'm dating a schoolgirl. Yeah. That's that's what's happening. And the other girl was wearing a wedding dress. So she was like, I'm a woman, an adult. I'm able to sign contracts. Also, it looked like he'd been back from a flight to Abu Dhabi or something. Like, he was travelling for 48 hours. <laughs> he made a mistake of drinking and stopping drinking. You shouldn't do that ever. So, I'm intrigued by this. Oh, except there's this moment where she asks him where he's from. She goes, what's it called again? He goes, Erinsborough. It's a great place. I'm like... Even if you're from interstate, you've still heard of a lot of suburbs. Also, if someone's from Dubbo, do you know what you say? Melbourne. Yes. You say, I'm from Melbourne. Yeah. I'm from the big smoke. Yeah. I drink lattes. Like, CJ, name me. You were in Perth recently. Can you name me a Perth suburb? I was going to say that, like, the football ground. Yeah. Subiaco. Yeah. Okay. So if you Fremantle. Said, yep. I wouldn't be like, what's that place called? That magical place. Subiaco. <laughs> that sounds very exotic. <laughs> but she memorises the where he's from and she's going to turn up next week. Great. And I love that he's from a place where you just have to go to one cafe and you'll run into him. Yeah. Like, what was his description? He was like, there's a couple of bars. A school. And a hospital. Yeah. And doesn't matter. You'll find a girlfriend at one of them. <laughs> well, there's one less bar now. Because what's folded? And Tom, friend of the show, LGB Tom has made an amendment to one of our stings. Stop! Yeah, the the bar is no more. Even though Leo took payment from his sister, he paid back his brother and Aaron, but it wasn't enough to save our favourite bar, our favourite hole in the wall in the city. So what is he doing? I did. I, I switched off on where he's, where he's gone to. Is he beachcombing? He was down in the doldrums. So while the wedding's going on, CJ, Leo is explaining to his siblings that he was helping Elle sabotage his dad's wedding because he yeah. was still dark on the whole Tourage situation. Yeah, well, I mean, who can blame me? Leo's just like he's the guy at the party that everyone's like, oh, gosh, this is so awkward. Like you are such a failure. And also like just stop being weird. Yeah. Your stepmom doesn't love you like that anymore. <laughs> Go talk to Ned. Yeah. <laughs> oh. They could open a tattoo business or something. Yeah. You know, get get their lives moving again. Leah could run that into the ground too. Um, like Drab did. Gosh, everyone. But the Robinson siblings are just trying to have a barbecue to celebrate yeah. dad and um, stepmom to rage, tying the knot. Yeah, and they're just, I don't know, they're, they're familying it up because – They've had some fractures in that family and, you know, they're just trying to bring it all together. And they're like, oh, my God, we're going to get, like, another three siblings out of this deal. Yeah. And a niece. Yeah, the WhatsApp group is growing. Yeah, Imogen's in. Imi's in. Oh, and she'd be a bargain. Like, like she'd be great to have in any group. She'll be organising all events. Perfect. Yeah, and maybe Dan will come in, like, you know, by marriage. Piper's muting that group. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway, so he just says, oh, so yeah, I was part of it. And everyone's like, why did you do this? And then he keeps trying to talk to David at the barbecue about his feelings. And like, I'm all up for bros talking about their feelings. But also, David's like, just not now. David was hungry. And I'm team David on that. You do not interrupt my meal. But also, like, I just don't think David wanted to unpack it. And he was like, do we have to? Like, obviously, you slept with our stepmom. It's weird. And now you're keeping on with this crap. But it's not his fault that it's weird. It's weird because your dad slept with your girlfriend. But, but he slept was, with him first. Yeah, he's, it was your dad's ex. <laughs> you d- dug that up first. It's all weird. Okay. <laughs> no other way to slice it. So instead of their final goodbye chat, Leo just packs up his stuff very swiftly and leaves a letter. But neighbours true to form, he says, bing, I'm going to leave. And he just packs his bags and walks out the he's door. Gone. He's <laughs> taken like one suit and that's it. Yeah. So where did he go? I missed this. Well, at first he wouldn't tell David where he went and David was distraught. Okay, so yeah, I don't know where he's gone. I just imagine he's literally like the littlest hobo. He's got like a (laughs) stick, he's got like his swag wrapped up in a bandana and he's off probably down by the the Hume Highway with his thumb out. Where do you reckon he is, CJ? I just thought he's moved to Queensland like everyone else. No, he's gone to your spiritual homeland, CJ, uh, because on Friday Amy gets a call from Liam, her ex, who's uh. parenting her son, and Leo's turned up in New York. Jeez, that was quick. Yeah. It takes 24 don't... hours to get to New York. Oh, well, you need was... a visa too, don't you? Well, there was a day. Yes, and you have to have done it 48 hours notice. Mm, the Esther card or whatever. But he may have already had it. So you can, you can get it for two years. Oh, yeah. You know, and Chloe's organised. She may have just organised it for everyone mm. at Lassiter's. So we, we're assuming he doesn't have a criminal record as well, aren't we? Yeah, mm. I don't think he's been to the clink. Okay. I think he's just been involved with lots yeah, of dodgy people. Yeah. He's been crime adjacent. I but can't imagine he would have flourished very well in there. I do like the idea that Elle's like, we worked well when I was paying you to do things for me. Come here and to work at Lasseter's New York. I'll pay you to do more things. <laughs> David wanted to rush straight to New York on Friday to see his brother instead of going on his um, rural escape to celebrate his one year of marriage to Aaron. But instead, Aaron's like, whoa, 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 slow down. Like, we can't get last minute flights. Let's just go and visit Leo at Christmas. So Christmas in New York for Darren. They're going to have a white Christmas or like a slushy brown Christmas. (laughs) I'm really jealous now. I can't cope when other people go to New York and I'm really feeling it. Well, so how's Leo's judgment in that letter calling it a cesspool of drama? Like he was behind most of the drama. David, I'm sorry to leave you this way, but the cesspool of drama has finally gone the better of me. Yeah. He was the biggest drama llama. Do you have a sting of them saying unmissable drama? Just... Propping cesspool. Un. Cesspool of drama. And then Aaron said at one point, we've got to leave him alone. He's, he's having his eat, pray, love moment. Which was adorable. Oh, that is that's an old reference, isn't it? That's like a, what, eight, ten years old? Yeah. But I'm all about Aaron. I, I really picture Aaron like doing a Netflix binge with Julia Roberts movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Aaron's really leaning into being a doctor's partner. Yeah, I think he's really leaning it. I don't know if he goes to work. <laughs> that shed, I'm not really sure what's happening there now. A gym can kind of run itself, really. I guess. Once you have enough casuals in there. I mean, but I'm sure there'd be a lot of people, you know, dropping the weights and hurting their backs. <laughs> well, the gym you go to, mm. you, you love having the, the, the owners there to kind of give you a pep talk, don't you? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And um, that's a successful gym you go to. Yes. Well, that's the the thing, though. But it's also in a shed. 
Hang on. Oh, yeah, but not a container. But also, no. if you imagine if I'd signed up to that gym and Aaron signed me up, I'd be like, well, I look forward to seeing you every day for the rest of my life. Shirtless. Yeah. Yep. And if, if I turn up, I'm like, where's um, it's where's old mate abs? Aaron Brennan not in today? Okay. But that being said, he may have hired people just yeah. as good looking as him. Okay, Susie, you can train me today. Yep. <laughs> ding, ding. Tickets, please. <laughs> I'm Gary, and I've got tickets on myself. I'm the chef at the 82 Tram Cafe. Erinsborough, inviting you to come and have a gander. Pack in like it's peak hour, enjoy some native tucker and pie form, and uh, drink out of jars that Dr. Carl saved from his pasta sauce. Need to book a function? Throw a surprise wedding for your bride to be in a tram. We might even serve desserts with fresh cacao. Don't worry, we've given the joint a once over since I trashed it, so stumble aboard and stuff your gob full of roadkill. Fiatty 2. We put the ding in dingus. Let's finish off by discussing a couple of little loose threads. Firstly, I wanted my observation about iPhones. Ned, we had a close-up of Ned's phone with the huge, like, 50-point font Mm. that that message came through on with Mm -hmm. his flight details. So he's really 60 (laughs) because he's visually impaired. (laughs) He had a really old iPhone, which is whatever. He doesn't make a huge amount of money. But Pierce had a very similar old iPhone when we saw Ebony calling him. Um, so I reckon there's a lot of companies that have corporate accounts and they just basically filter through the phones in age and you get what you get. Okay. Pierce is, it's inappropriate that he would have that phone. So he must be a phone breaker. Yeah, right. Okay. Or a phone loser. You know, like he just gives them to random girls every now and then and he has to ring up Chloe and go, what's my phone Leaves them in the snow. (laughs) Yeah. And we got a message this week from our friend Sammy. That was incredible. I'm so proud of Sammy and a little disturbed, but mainly proud. And Sammy says, her husband made me call Pierce when he paused Chloe's phone. One number was disconnected. The other rang and I hung up, panicked like a teen making prank calls. Sammy was disappointed. What was her idea that she wanted? She wanted it to be a Dr. K voicemail. Perfect. Alan would so be up for that if you just rang that number and it went. You know what he'd say? One of his little songs. He'd say, oh, hi, this is Alan Fletcher here. I'm... Dr. Carl Kennedy on Neighbours. We're like, we know, Alan. We know who you are. It's all right. Just wanted to say thanks for your support. Getting behind the show. Yeah. Oh. Remember, <laughs> vote for Ryan Maloney on Neighbours. <laughs> Precious. Pierce and Chloe have hooked back up. And I used to be really into Pierce and Chloe mm. when they were in their frolicking in the snow era and he was consoling her about her terrible Huntington's diagnosis. Well, well he was like a Mills and Boone um, kind of enigmatic love interest wasn't yeah. he now yeah. we're learning more about him he's less there's less enigma more kind of just boring facts now he's just a pretty boy hanging around the complex getting yeah. his coffee from the 82 tram and where carl's trying to do customer satisfaction surveys about the almond milk imagine the interesting life he could be living <laughs> right here right now and he's living in bloody erinsborough he ne- could be in the bloody south of france Doing whatever the hell he wants. Exactly. Living on a yash. Eating every kind of cheese under the sun. And also, like, Chloe doesn't have unlimited years. Get on a plane. Get on it. Go. Go. If they wrote her out tomorrow with that exit storyline, I would understand. Yeah. Well, it'd be better than if we actually have to see her be sick. Oh, because Ma Brennan's had a fall, guys. She has. She has. And that's like the beginning, isn't it? The falling. Oh, she had a yeah. fall. And oh. Tyler and Piper have to look after her. They have to be her carers. Oh, poor Pipes, mate. Oh, man. Should have gone to social. Not, oh, God. Should have gone to bloody what was it, social media uni. Mm, yeah, instead pa- she yeah. turns out to be that. Ex-cons, mm. mother's carer. Yeah. But Piper is much better than Tyler, so at least Piper's there. 
for yeah, Marv. Well, it's great, oh, yeah, yeah. great for Mar Brennan. Because mm, mm. um, Tyler's probably just going to like beat someone up and forget what his role is in the world. <laughs> this is interesting because I'm just going to start talking about Mark and Roxy again. But this is interesting because we've got two people on the show that we didn't really know they were going to get together. Hot, hot, hot. We've got two people who are also hot, hot, hot who we always thought would get together. Yeah, because they have got together the first time. Exactly. It was all steamy when they were forbidden and all that. Then they get together, not hot, hot, hot anymore. So they're still physically hot, but they're just a bleh. I think it got rushed. And I think the Ellie thing was shoehorned in there for reasons I don't understand because it was dealt with too swiftly and people could make a few gifts out of it for the fans, but then there was no lasting emotional residue. She keeps staging bachelor style dates for Pierce and he was on the ba- he was the bachelor so like first she did the oh for Ellie she did the um the the, the gondola the gondola and for Pierce she does a grape stomping routine yeah which, which I think we have seen we on the bachelor did in recently this season yeah. with Abby except <laughs> they weren't as disgusted by it as the the bachelor contestants well, Abby was going to drink the foot juice yeah she said foot juice <laughs> god my god the I think Abby Abby would drink any juice that that man provided yeah. Chloe, she keeps event coordinating their relationship and then because she's her mortality has been called into question, she's like, quick, let's bone, let's get together. Chloe would be the perfect bachelorette. Oh, she would, would love be that up for everything. She'd be like skydiving, let's do it. That could yesterday. be such a great tie-in plot, cross-promotion. I guess. If she auditions, she's like, I'm going to audition for The Bachelorette. The whole timeline thing would be a bit off when you've got Huntington. <sighs> um, they're just – now they're in a relationship but – because remember when Chloe told him about Huntington's and he was just all like rich Kendall about it and was like, I will fix the Huntington's. Now he knows he can't, right? Like he's Googled it now, right? So now it's just like a scary situation where they don't know how they're going to progress their relationship. And what he should be doing is, well, let's go do your bucket list. Yeah. Let's go do all that fun stuff I can pay for. Yeah. Like, do you want to live in France? Do you want to live in America without having to sell your eggs? Do you want to go to Bali for the weekend? Yeah. And said, nah, mate, we're going to like sit outside on a cafe table outside a cruddy old tram, eating like Gary Canning's fare. Although they do have that beautiful house set for Pierce, that lovely interior design. But Mm. so who turns up Friday? The new shitbag. Yeah. He's fresh from Shitbag Academy. I, I watched it and then not 20 minutes later I'd forgotten his name and I was like, what am I going to call him? I can't even think of a nickname. Well, it's Hendrix because na- Neighbours only gives fashionable names now to their characters. Pierce popped out that kid when he was 18, has had nothing to do with him and has another daughter. Wait a second. I didn't see Friday. F- what? F- fool me once, baby mama. Fool me twice. <laughs> well, this is me. Yeah, so he had Hendrix when he was 18, so that makes Pierce 35 because Hendrix is 17. And then he's like, you know, his mother was older than me. She wanted to have kids and she wanted to take responsibility. And then he just drops in, oh, yeah, and there's a sister as well. They live, I don't have any contact with them. We haven't named her yet. I'm so sick of this shitbaggery. So is this what Ebony's asking him to take responsibility for or oh, is she actually pregnant? No, because he, um, old mate Hendrix, yep. has been harassing Ebony. Yeah, online stalking. Disgusting behaviour. There's some theories that what Ebony's with pregnant. boys and their ex-stepmothers on this show? Oh, yeah, because now Hendrix wants to have a crack because Chloe's attractive. How quickly are they going to coil canning him, though? How thickly are they going to lay on the whitewash on him? Because also they're doing this, at first I thought it was a long-term series, but it seems to be five short spin-off episodes, like a web series based oh, yeah. on the Erinsborough High kids. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's going to be a lot of plot that develops 
away from the main show. So this kid's going to be – he's a shitbag because then he literally goes to school. Yeah. Like he, he's actually an Aaron's High shitbag? He got expelled from his previous private school. Oh, okay. So I was about to say, Pierce, shell the money out for Eden Hill's grandma. Yeah, so they, I don't think Eden Hill's grandma would take him. Oh, but I yeah. think I find that truly remarkable that there's a private school out there that wouldn't go, you know what, just give us more money. Yeah. Yeah, just give us a, a haul. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Their a new business plan. Yeah. Speaking of shitbag of the week, now we've got two. The other one is harassing poor Mackenzie because bloody Yashvi has outed Mackenzie to the school. Oh, that was bad. Bad, but I thought realistic in terms of mm. Yashvi has human flaws. And one of them is that she gets carried away with when she's passionate about something. She's a Rebecca. Yeah. And she was standing up for her friend in a way that she thought was well-meaning, but in the end hurt her friend because she said, Mackenzie used to be a boy and what's wrong with that? And Mackenzie took offence to that because she's like, no, I've always been a girl. You can't speak like that about me. And also it's not your story to tell. And that was hard and I really enjoyed watching that yeah a lot of complex emotional performances and it was interesting my husband and I were discussing um Georgie's performance because we're like okay so normally when the teenage girls come in they're just given kind of very easy roles to begin with like Roxy came in she was just like this party girl didn't have to say kind of more than kind of one sentence at a time same with Xanthi in the display home party she was throwing whereas Georgie's coming in and she's having to say bloody monologues Mm. and that and emote as well and she's doing really well you didn't just out me Yashvi you said Mackenzie used to be a boy I didn't used to be a boy that sounds like I changed into a new person but I haven't I've always been a girl. I've always been me. Mackenzie, I didn't mean it like that. I know you were coming from a good place, but words are powerful. And you just took me back to one of the worst times of my life. Um, I thought it was interesting, though, because you touched on this last week, where Susan Kennedy explained various ways of how people should talk to Mackenzie, like using her name. Um, but they're actually showing rather than telling with their narrative. Did you notice we've got two new teachers at Erinsborough High? Yeah, we do. Cherie and Marty, welcome to the staff room. And they've got some questions for us. Wow. Susan, it's all well and good to say my staff is going to be respectful of we have a safe schools regime, we're looking after our diverse community, but you've got to have a staff meeting. Like The staff was like, how do we... What, how do we talk about Mackenzie? How do we treat Mackenzie? How do, uh, the first thought that came to my mind was exactly what Susan said, which was tell them to mind their own business. Also, yeah, you if your staff are arcing up, call them in and say, hey, guys. You're adults. Business as usual. We run a school. Students ask questions. As you said, not their business. But that would her the- pronouns are she and her. That's I, how you address her. I'm going to call BS on this. So I work for, work for a charity which um, focuses on autistic people and we have training for teachers about autism. We have an academic and an autistic consultant that come into a school and speak to teachers. They get a little tick on their professional development card if they go to our course. I'm sure there is a group that provide this training for trans, probably a whole collection of training modules that can be done. So the problem is none of these none of these teachers are doing their professional development. because no, it's, it's Aaron's Bar High. Yeah. yeah, Susan's across it but not her staff, which is what I was always worried about. Yeah, so Susan goes to the courses probably when she's having some time off, but no, but no one else yeah. is doing Sheree it. Sheree and Marty 
No. No. <laughs> so they don't. They won't know about autism. They won't know about gender issues. If there's refugee know, children. No, there, they won't know that. about. They won't have any idea about cultural. They they won't know anything. They probably don't even know science. And yeah, you're not beholden to the privileged kids that are scared of new and different situations. I mean, you're talking about ticking off professional development. We're talking about people who haven't actually got higher education degrees. Yes, most probably not. Yeah, remember um, Luzicus was a mechanic that came in to teach oh, like woodwork or something? Yeah, and Brad. <laughs> Kate and Libby didn't go to uni long enough to become uh, teachers. So, yeah, I'm really loving the students' storyline. I like it. Yeah, I think it's really good. But, yeah, I also think that Susan maybe should have given them some training if she was the only option. Just just have a meeting. E- even if you've sent a memo out that explains everything, clearly you've got two staff members that are struggling with it. But it can't be the first issue they've faced no. where people are blabbing about somebody's private business that they just wouldn't turn around. You, you would think, I mean, I'm sure they're hot for some gossip themselves in the staff room, but you think they would just turn around and they'd shut the kids down with the all right, shitbag, mind your own business. This is a private issue. I mean, there was a chemical terrorist in their school. (laughs) Surely. Communication. That was their teacher. Jesus. Like you think think they'd be like, hang on, where does Millsy live with the principal? (laughs) What's going on with Miss Conway? She was like married, but now she's not married, but she's pregnant. And you think they'd be like, right there, shitbag, mind your own business. This is not anything to do with you. Okay, Cherie, we're going to sit down and learn a list of phrases for you to tell the kids. Okay. Yep. One plus one, that equals two. (laughs) I'm in the mood for citizen or citizen now. Shall we fire up for that? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, My citizen goes to Caroline Alessi. Which one is that? (laughs) The not Mrs. Robinson one. Why, Kate? Um, Because she came in and sorted out her sister's bullshit. She exposed the whole um, L. Robinson scam. She made her sister turn up to be a witness at Paul's (laughs) wedding. She's a bloody stand-up citizen. Yeah. And organised the Elvis, even though he didn't legally marry them. CJ, do you have one yet? Yeah, why not? I'm going to go with uh, Citizen, Dr. Carl Kennedy. Um, he, firstly, he had that delicious line, but I don't think it's that. I think it's that we have a go at our um, Ramsey Street residents for not being involved in their careers enough or whatever. He has a loose arrangement where he kind of owns a tram, but he's there all the time. He's not at the hospital. Doing, surve- doing surveys yeah. as well. He's doing market research. Yeah, it's probably to save money. But still, he's there. And he's buying his hash browns in bulk. Yeah. Which is a joke. I don't understand that why it keeps coming back, but sure. And I don't know because it seems like Gary and um, Kyle and Coyle are not there much. But Carl, he's always there. He's wheeling and dealing. It's another dark day for Erinsborough Hospital. It is. I'm going to do – I'm going to say citizen of the week – to rage Robinson Willis, as I imagine she's called herself on Facebook. You lost your son and your last connection to him is that little baby granddaughter, Matilda. Go and say hello to her in Queensland. That's all i got to say. Kate, any changes to the saddest bitch stakes? Well, look, I feel like Leo went out in a blaze of glory in the saddest bitches-ness. He's left Erinsborough with his tail between his legs, mm. probably, probably at his lowest ebb. The saddest bitch in Aaron's bra. He, he um, will live on 
in my heart, Dr. Reese style is, is another handsome man who's left the street. Oh, and tiny shout out to one of my, it's a, it's a minuscule detail, but it really tickled me when Roxy came over to um, surprise Det Mech and Chloe answered the door and quick thinking Roxy said she wanted to borrow a cup of sugar, which is the the go-to neighbour's line in, in the world. But what a twist when she said she needed it for a morning mojito. Love and it. Chloe was right on board going, well done, sister, you Good for you. You can't have straight rum. You know, I was thinking tonight of all the women in the show, Chloe's never had a saddest bitch moment at all, ever. She she like rolls with the punches yeah. and then comes back up. It's like yeah. without the, the stank of losing them on her. Even when she ran home in the snow without shoes yeah. on, she yeah. she did it with power. And exactly. She, and she was trying to find alcohol in the house, couldn't find any, came back with chocolate liqueurs to, to suckle on. Like what a resourceful gal. And another thing I loved this week was learning from David Tanaka the Japanese ritual of turning broken pottery into art by filling in the cracks with gold. That is one of the most beautiful concepts I've ever heard of. Thanks, David and Aaron, who knew the correct name for it. Thanks. I'm just really happy with those tiny details. It's all in the details. They are a pretty special relationship, those two, aren't they? Yeah. Well, that's all we are. So, um, yeah, remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Yes, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash neighbourspod. I've got a poll up there about which UK soap Kate and I should buddy watch. And we are neighbourspod on Twitter. Kate? I'm at Remude on Twitter. CJ? I'm at CJ the Hot Mess Mum. And I am at Vaya Pashas. And join the Neighbours Council on Facebook. And we'll chat to you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.